Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. This is Eat and Drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. The podcast where back of house Sally and front of house Marco talk food and drink. Heads up. These two spent decades in restaurants, so some mature content and language is bound to come up. Get ready for Eat and Drink. Forks up. All right, you're listening to the podcast called Eat and Drink. I'm Marco Timpano. Yay, I'm Ali Hassan. How is everybody? Rubbing his eyes? Yeah. Coming coming out of a a strange slumber. Oh, my goodness. Didn't you just play tennis, though? Uh, I didn't play tennis. There was no tennis this morning. The, the courts were wet. Oh, of course. There yeah, was a thunder shower yesterday that just enveloped this city uh, in a weird, uh, you know, you just sort of sit there worried, like, is uh, is the basement leaking? Is, uh, right. is it coming in through the roof? It was pretty aggressive, and it only lasted about eight minutes, maybe. I don't know when that was. It was dark outside, but my wife and I were both like, holy crap, right? Hol- holding oh. hands in bed. Of course, because um, you know, I left my I left my patio cushions outside yesterday, thinking it would be nice. So of course, it was going to rain. Ali, I got to start the show off with a little bit of housekeeping. If you're cool with that, let's do it. All right. So I want to send an apology out to our listeners who were expecting a show on Monday. They did not get a show on Monday. You know, Ali, sometimes you just you just can't do it all. Is what I'm going to say. What happened, buddy? We what? didn't really, we didn't really record <laughs> a, a mini episode for Monday's show, and then by the time I realized it was Tuesday, so um, that's what happened there. But we did get some great, great feedback on our three-part series: things you're doing wrong in your kitchen. Oh, great! People have been really loving that, uh, Ali. And I just want to read this to you. Here's one of our latest reviews that I don't think I shared with you. We got this in uh, the end of May. You don't Amazing. share anything with me, buddy. Okay, let's hear Listen, it. You can, you can look up these reviews too, but it says, Amazing, five stars. Already, this person's my favorite person. This is from Laurel T. Bay. Um, Laurel T. Bay says, This pod is so entertaining that they always choose drinks, food that are next level, but complicated. I don't know if we're complicated, but listen. Then she wrote, Warning, in big, bold letters. You will be tempted to immediately go out and purchase a bartender's kit, mocha coffee maker, bitters you've never heard of, and new things from the international food aisle. I don't think that's such a bad thing, and I don't think she's, or Laurel, whoever that person is, is saying that it is a bad thing. So, Laurel, we love your review, and uh, listen, I'm, 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 I'm stoked, man. Yeah, that's great. I like yeah. that actually. I I don't think we're super complicated, but but if we are uh, inspiring people to get up and move and go and go, I'm going to do this. I'm I'm I'm. This seems like the whole idea was, <clears throat> you know, I'm coming from this 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 uh, my comedy background where sometimes you would see a comedian who was so incredibly. Uh, you know, naturally gifted on stage and had such a unique style, and you'd go. What am I doing in the comedy world? I I will never be a comedian if that's what comedy is. And then you would see some other people who were very, very good. I'm talking about in my first year of comedy. You'd see people sure. who were very, very good. And you would look at them and you'd be like, I think I could do that. I I, I believe I can do that. If this person's a headliner touring around right. this country and getting success, I can do that. 
I wanted this show to be that for people. Like, yeah. sure, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but what we what would we we're going to live in our comfort zones for the rest of our lives? People, come on! So I really I'm I'm happy with that review. That's great. Look, and and we try to give alternatives to the items that we're using that might be unfamiliar to people, or how you can sort of um, hack that item, um, which is going to happen on today's show. You do, I don't. Our- you don't. Well, sometimes I'll ask you, what can you use in place of whatever you might be using? And you're like, oh, use this instead of I that. try to ignore that question. Do I? That's, okay. Listen, right, maybe. that's fair. Maybe. Before I get to my cocktail, I want to mention that on Monday's show, we're going to have a special guest talking about wine. So if you are saying, how come they never really talk about wine on this show? I think we'll satisfy you on that particular episode. Uh, Loretto Grimaldi. Tell your wine-loving friends. Yeah, it's going to be great. Tell your wine-loving friends. It's really, uh, he's going to go through like a list of almost eight to 10 wines. He's going to go through a long list of some of his favorites. And this man, uh, he has the street cred. He has the Uh, cred. Ali, I I was having a wine that's on the list last night. And I took a photo of it and I sent it to Loretto. And I'm like, buddy, I'm drinking this and thinking of you. And he goes, that looks delicious. So that's one of the wines that's going to appear. That's great. Uh, yeah, I won't, I won't mention it. So I won't spo- have any spoilers. I bought one already also. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> okay, are you ready for me to make this cocktail? Please, please. I'm sitting here okay. ready. What else do you want yeah, from listen, me? Listen, huh? we're five minutes in. Nothing's <laughs> been splashed yet. Okay, so Ali, I'm doing a spin on a spin of a spin of a cocktail. And here is what I love about... Uh, this sort of approach that I take to making cocktails that some people might look down on. And all I can say is, fuck you if you do. So this is a version of a version of the classic rusty nail. So I wanted to use the elderflower liqueur Saint-Germain because right now is the time to use it. It is a floral spring summery uh, liquor. And if you want to listen to our episode on Saint-Germain, which is a few few weeks back, back, go right ahead. So This particular drink is a um, version of the Rusty Nail. Now, the Rusty Nail is made with Drambuie and Scotch. It's a classic drink. You know, Drambuie has those honey flavors to it, and Scotch is Scotch. I don't want to pretend I know anything about Scotch, because there's a lot of people who are well-versed in Scotch, and Scotch is its own thing, and I don't want to disrespect any Scotch lovers. That said, I do like Scotch, and I'd love to learn more, so maybe we'll get a Scotch person on. That seems like more of a episode in the fall. I always associate scotch with the fall. So then I was like, okay, let me look up because I, 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 we don't do any scotch cocktails and I want to do a scotch cocktail. So I found a elderflower thistle cocktail, right? And I'm like, this is great. It's going to encompass scotch and Saint-Germain, Saint-Germain. And of course, I go to the cupboard and like old mother Hubbard, it was bare, my friend, no scotch in the house. But what did you I do, was, buddy? What did you do? I'm on the edge of my seat over here. I was on a mission to <laughs> yeah. make this version of the Rusty Nail using Saint-Germain instead of Drambuie, right? Because I feel like the, the Rusty Nail is a great uh, fall cocktail. I wanted to make this spring version of it. So I said, wait a second. I'm going to use what I have in place of scotch. And that is, my friend, I don't know if you can see it, Canadian whiskey. So... I'm going to make, I'm not going to call it a thistle because I think a thistle cocktail needs the scotch, hence the node to Scotland with the thistle. So I'm going to call this an elderflower spike, and I'm going to replace what would be scotch in this recipe with Canadian whiskey. So if you want to make the elderflower thistle, 
just use scotch. I'm going to use Canadian whiskey. I'm going to call it the Elderflower Spike. And I did a little um, recognizance on what I should call it. Now, the thistle is the symbol of Scotland. The wheat is the symbol of uh, the prairies in Canada. One could say the symbol of Canada. And it is what is used to make Canadian whiskey. So I'm going to call it the spike because the top portion of the wheat is called the spike and hence the elderflower spike. Wondering if you could say spike a few more times. Is that uh, you know, uh, how many more times are we going to get the word spike? I'm uh, uh, the, the beautiful thing about that is it, it wreaks havoc on the audio too. It's going to spike the audio. <laughs> so I'm going to have to deal with it later. <laughs> well, you should have thought that, that about that before, uh, before being all anti thistle. I know, but what am I going to call it? The elderflower stem? I, I can't call it. Have scotch in the house. How about that? I can't. Also, I've it... never heard that pronunciation of drambui before. I thought it was drambui. What do you call it? I thought it was drambui. I didn't know it was bui. Maybe it is. Oh, no. You can, say, you can say it both ways. I've heard it said both ways. Oh, uh, yeah? Okay, great. Yeah, so listen. All right. So two ounces of scotch in the morning. Does everybody good, right? Uh, or I, here Lord I'm using Canadian whiskey. But... No, I like that when you can't make it happen, your wife comes in. And goes, I'll take that, like, effortless, effortlessly. Oh, man. Okay, two ounces of Canadian whiskey. I'm going to use a ounce. Let me just make sure here. Of, um, Give me a second. I'm going to use one ounce of Saint-Germain. So, and this recipe couldn't be easier because you're not shaking anything today. So, you just need the ingredients. Yeah, you're going to stir it in a, you know how bartenders have that, it almost Long. looks like a, no, a scientist's flask. It's like this big, thick glass um, container. Oh, yeah. You know, sure, mixed drinks sure, in sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. I don't have one. So that's, I need that. So I'm just doing it with a cocktail shaker and a couple of dashes of Angostura bitter. Now you're going to give this. Wait, wait, wait. Where's the Drambui? Drambui. Did you put it that's in That's in a rusty nail. I'm doing a version of a version of the rusty ah, nail. That's so, where the, I thought the version of the version was because this was Canadian club instead of scotch. So the version of the rusty nail would be scotch and Saint-Germain. The version of that is replacing the scotch with Canadian whiskey, the Drambui or the Drambui with Saint-Germain. So it's a version of a version. It's a spin of a spin. And you know what I I'm going to do now? now I'm going to spin yes. this mixture with the ice in my glass. So I'm just incorporating it. Then I'm going to use my Hawthorne strainer. You can use whatever strainer you have to pour this over fresh ice. Oh, it's a beautiful color. And then, my friend, what I'm going to do is I'm going to express some lemon peels. And what do I mean by express it? You're going to get a nice solid piece of peel, not the zest, because when I think zest, it's just a shaving. And you're going to give it a squeeze over the drink so that the oils from that lemon hit the top of the drink, right? So I'm going to use two because I really want that lemony flavor because it's going to give me notes, floral notes and citrus notes of spring slash summer. Oh, this is a big drink. This is three ounces in the morning. Okay. <laughs> All right, cheers to you, my friend. Let me see how my version of a version of the classic rusty nail. And what I like is a spike can also be the name for a nail, a big, thick railway nail. Right. The elderflower spike. Cheers to you. It's clean. It's crisp. It's definitely citrus. 
a great sipping cocktail. Great sipping cocktail is what I say here. And I, and I made this one up, my friends. Elderflower liqueur and uh, Canadian club whiskey go very nicely together is what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. A couple but of drops of Angostura bitter and bitters. express the lemon on it. Yeah. All right. Good for you. Good is it something you. you think you would like, Ali? Is it something you think? Of course, of course. Canadian Club uh, courses through my veins. It was a second father to me for uh, for many years as a young man, and uh, and I've uh, I've come around to Saint Germain as well. I just never knew what it was. I just saw a sexy bottle in bars for years, um, but I've had a number of cocktails with it. Always like it, you know. Elderflower is actually a meaningless concept to me. I was like, is this made up? And then you have the liqueur, and you're like, oh, everything's going to be. Everything's going to be okay. I got to say, Ali, I miss drinking with you. Oh, shit. I'm going to get emotional. I really miss drinking with you uh, in the studio, my friend. Um, it, like, I, I miss the portion of you actually tasting what I make. Uh, hopefully, this will be uh, over soon. But uh, yeah, yeah cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to you. Thank you, buddy. I miss it, too. I miss you being worried about me and being like, you don't <laughs> have to finish that. You don't have to finish that. Don't, don't, don't feel pressured to finish it. But I often would. Yeah. One time, I think there was a drink where I said, I'm not going to finish this. I, I believe it like involved this. peach schnapps Yo. and 7-Up is what I believe it involved. <laughs> Buddy, I vomited peach schnapps on my high school graduation night. That still lives in the back of, in the recesses of my mind. Southern I mean, Comfort did? and peach schnapps. They, it, <laughs> it'll never leave my brain. It's terrible. Oh, I like Southern Comfort. I got to figure out a cocktail with Southern Comfort. Oh, and I just want to mention that I was on a show recently, a Facebook show, and someone asked for me to make an aviation, which is a cocktail. I will get to it. It requires me to get creme de violette, which is an expensive liqueur made from violets. Oh, and uh, this just, person just, has no regard for your budget, clearly. No, no, it's not. A, it's almost not even that. It's not an easy drink. It's not an easy uh, liquor to find. Mm. I've got to source it. I got to find it at the LCBO. I got to buy it. It's it's going to be a bit of a thing. So just give me some time. You will hear the aviation on this show. My request is you make the okay. Southern Comfort based drink ASAP before the coronavirus. Uh, you okay. know the the quarantine is over. Because I'm not sure I can even smell that in an enclosed space anymore. Okay. I or will, not I anymore, will, but still. I will endeavor to do that. I'll find a nice Southern Comfort cocktail and I'll do it while you're not in the studio. I think so. <clears throat> That's my I, thing. I That's my one. What do you got? Yours is tequila? Everybody has their one thing they can't get near. I don't love peach schnapps or uh, <laughs> blue blue cura curacao, yeah, uh, which I have because we made something with it, and now I've got like a fucking shelf full of blue curacao. It's the greatest um, name. Curacao is just yeah. such a great. It's so sexy and then pretty disappointing overall. You know? It's a grapefruit based liqueur uh, that happens to be blue. Yeah. Nothing else I can say about that. <laughs> Windex, buddy. Windex. I'd mother. I'd much rather use Aperol or uh, another uh, mm. vodka that is a grapefruit flavored or something else that has more of a citrus sort of feel to it than Blue Curacao. But I understand it's the color of that liquor that makes everything so special. I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to tell our listeners about um, something as you talk about a vodka with flavors. There is. Kettle One is a brand yes. people will know yes. about. Kettle Hello, One, yes. uh, I could always, you know, take it or, uh, or, 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 you know, it, it, it was okay to me. But they have done something with these uh, Kettle One botanicals. Um, are you aware of this? Uh, do you know what's happening? No, I don't, actually. They, okay, so they have a, a number of different flavors. I'm trying to get into their website. <clears throat> the marketing of this product 
I don't know if you know how I am. Like, I will never have, a, you know, a, a whatever, like a Bud Light lime. First of all, it's sure. Bud Light, so I'll never drink it anyway. But like a, a, a beer with the lime already infused into it. I'm like, that's fake. Why do I want something fake that I can create probably better? I won't have a bottled michelada. I'll make a michelada. Like, I, I'm excited to make those things and have real ingredients. You know, I, I draw the line at Clamato. I'm not going to make my own Clamato juice. Fine. You guys are making Clamato. You'll, you'll wreck your blender. Once you put clams and and uh, mutilate clams in a blender, you never get that smell out. That's hilarious. You need your clam blender and, and that's it. <laughs> so uh, Kettle One has some flavored vodkas. You know, my buddy, uh, he leaves them at his music studio. Sometimes I go use the music studio for interviews. And so he's like, oh, you're at the studio. Try the Kettle One. And I'm like, it's vodka. I know what vodka tastes like. He goes, no, 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 no. It's this um, grapefruit and rose flavored, uh, oh. you know. I'm like, well, you don't have any ice. He goes, just do a shot. Just trust me. Do a shot. I do a shot, a small shot, you know, like a half ounce. Yeah. And right away, I was like, this tastes like summer. Oh. Like, I'm, you know, we're not sponsored by Kettle One. We have no affiliation. No. This grapefruit and rose Kettle One. Try that. You tell me what you feel about it. Uh, and I speak to you, Marco. I speak to our listeners. I stand behind this thing. This thing and some soda is very refreshing. And I'm oh, not a guy I, who likes these extra fancy flavors. I love the flavor of rose. And I'm all in grapefruit. And th that combination must be, like you say, a summer flavor. I can't wait. If you go to the Kettle One website, you see how they've... Like, this will not work by October anymore. They right. released it right before summer. And it is really of the moment. Du, du moment? What do we say? Yeah. Au, au courant? Anyway, there's, it's really yeah. of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the reason I bring that up also is because your drink, because yeah. of the Saint-Germain and the lemon, you said it, it has a very springtime feel to it. And my ingredient also is all about spring. In fact, it is only about spring. Uh, and I, what I love about this ingredient is I said it to you, I texted you yesterday, this is what I'm going to do. And you were like, what is that? I was like, perfect. Time for you to get an education, sir. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I don't think I said, what is that? What did you I say? Thought I, I thought I had identified it. I wrote, can I say what I think it is? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I said, I said, I'm going to make a, I, I'm going to talk to you about a ramp pesto. Yeah. I said ramps. I said, it's ramps, right? Yeah, well, you said ramps, question mark, question oh, mark? Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure it was, I got it. It was ramps. It is ramps, right? We're talking about? It is ramps, but you're not familiar with them. Is that correct? No, I love ramps. My friend I'm gonna ramps. You. I'm going to kill no, you. I'll be so excited. I was like, I'm going to teach this guy about ramps. It's going to be amazing. No, no. Listen, first of all, I'm thrilled that you got ramps on the menu today. <laughs> Second of all, you know, they're a very uh, Eastern Canadian and Eastern U.S. Uh, item. So well, some of our listeners are not going to be familiar with ramps. Yeah. So please, I, I, I ask you, Ali, I'm going to sit back and enjoy because I love ramps. Profess away ramps. Ramps. Well, here's the thing. So they're not available um, in the fall, in the winter. Oh. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Maybe you can get them, you know, uh, grown in a greenhouse. I never see them. Anyway, I, I've talked about this company. Uh, Grow, Gather, and Co. You can look that up if you're if yep. you're around the Toronto area. I, I like to get some stuff delivered, right? Quarantine, especially. I'm trying to limit how many times I go to the grocery store. I go once a week to the grocery store, and then we get a couple of deliveries. Grow, Gather, and Co. It's really about ordering this amazing sourdough bread. That's really what's happening. And then right. I order a bunch of stuff around the sourdough bread. 
So I go and I see they have a variety of cultivated mushrooms. They have like, uh, you know, frozen blueberries, which we use here and there. So I'm picking a couple of things. And then I see, uh, you know, in the, in the foraged section, yes. morels and ramps. So I'm like, man, I haven't had ramps in a long time. I've had ramp pasta before and, uh, you know, um, pickled ramps I've had in different restaurants across this country. Let me... Let me get into this. Uh, let me get into this. And the ramps arrive. Now, so what do they look like? These are basically, uh, you know, l- let's say uh, leeks, green onions, and and garlic had a baby. It had a three-way. They had a three-way which created a baby. This is kind of what ramps are. Um, I, I used to describe them in the store as a delicate wild onion or wild leek because they are like you pick them in the wild, right? Like, or, yes. or that's how they're found in Canada. They're 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 uh, considered a rare delicacy, and they're they're found, um, you know, in in small woods and whatnot around this time. I know I, when you call, when you describe them as a rare delicacy, people might think that they're this tender uh, uh, little morsel of something sure. succulent. That's not what they are. They were no. they're, 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 they're this rough, rough, rough and rugged thing, you know, that that looks like a, a, a leak, but that's been punched in the face a bunch of times, and uh, and they're uh, they have they they helped people. Um, after long, harsh winters, they gave, they had, you know, restorative nutritional qualities. And I was reading here that the, the high vitamin C in ramps has saved many a mountaineer from scurvy. Oh, Unbelievable. I they don't need to buy limes. They don't need to buy a truckload of limes like you. I just got through a box of 120 <laughs> limes. Little did I know ramps were around the corner. Anyway, I am not getting scurvy for quite some time is, uh, is what we're, um, what we're guaranteeing ourselves of here in the Hassan family. So it is a, a, a strong sort of garlicky onion flavor, but it's not too garlicky and it's not too oniony. So it's an in, in very, very interesting thing. And so, and you can use the entire stem as well. So what I made first thing, so I, I look up the recipes and there's a variety of things you can do with them. I remember having ramp pesto, spaghetti oh, with ramps. Uh, I remember having a few other, uh, you know, as I said, pickled ramps, you know, sure. and that, I think the first time I ever tried it was a way it was a pickled ramp. So then I started so, thinking, well, I wonder if I can use this uh, as a, in a pesto, look it up. Lo and behold, Martha Stewart herself oh, well, makes a ramp pesto, a pesto, I just said. Um, uh, pesto makes me feel like, okay, I ha- I'm onto a good idea here. And, uh, and so I go and I, I make this, uh, this recipe and I didn't have everything she had. So as, yeah, no, as sorry, you say, yeah. I, I, she, I didn't have everything she had. So as you say, you know, we, 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 we mix do. things around here. We make do, but, um, I, actually I didn't follow the Martha Stewart ramp pesto. Martha Stewart's now I'm oh. uh, looking at it. I remember it's very, very simple. This is Martha Stewart's pesto. Two Can bunches I ask you of ramps. Yes. Can I ask? So with this, the first thing that comes to mind before we get to the queen of jail and the queen of the kitchen, yes. her recipe is, are you using the entire ramp? So a ramp, if you have never seen it, is like a small little onion bulbous on the bottom. And then it has like rabbit yep. ear um, leaves. So the leaves are kind of like full, not like an onion, but more like a... Like a wild uh, forest leaf. I don't know how else to describe it, my friend. Are you using the entire ramp for your pesto? 
I am re- I'm using, as I myself said to you earlier, the entire ramp okay. for my pesto. Now, I just want to tell you, uh, speaking of prison, this was obviously a recipe that was made in prison. Two sure. bunches of ramps, three-quarter cup olive oil, kosher salt, and ground pepper. That's Boom. the entire recipe. That's ridiculous. Martha, Martha, you... Isn't, doesn't this woman make baskets out of like 40 different things she finds on her property? Like this is this is weird. She's not really not really um, uh, uh, pushing the envelope, as they say. Uh, but the ramp pesto that I saw and I'm I've lost the darn I've lost it now. But anyway, it was um, I, I'll, I'll tell people what I what I put in it. There was, you know, this thing called for chickweed. I didn't have chickweed, but I used arugula. Nice. Um, I used garlic. I put um, a sunflower seeds. Oh, this thing called for sunflower sure. seeds, and we had sunflower seeds. So you know, in a pesto, you usually have some walnuts or pine nuts or pine something nuts, like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, and um, and and obviously some some you know uh, olive oil, some fresh lime juice, as it were. We had some lying around, and um, and then I, I did put garlic in there, and then a little bit of uh, grated parmesan. Beautiful. And it is, Fantastic, but I did add extra garlic. So this is what I'm saying that it's it's not um, it's not super garlicky. It's known to be garlicky, right. but it's not. I felt like in the pesto, it could use another couple of bulbs of garlic. But it's amazing. It's We're just it's putting delicate. it on toast. We yeah. are uh, today. My wow. wife is um, roasting a spaghetti squash. And we're going to toss the spaghetti squash in this pesto. And uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. That's a good point that you make, Ali. Pesto doesn't mean you have to throw it in pasta. You can use pesto as a condiment on other things. So if you want a savory toast as opposed to peanut butter and jam, even in the morning, a little bit of pesto on some toasted sourdough bread uh, will go a long way. Now, did you know that the tricocum or the Allium tricocum, which is the uh, name of ramps, is a protected species under your uh, homeland's uh, legislation, under Quebec's legislation. It is a protected species. I did not know that because what I know about ramps is they grow wild. Yeah, that's why. That's why. That's why they have a short season. You find them, you get them out, and then by mid-May, I think that's it. It's the end of it. It's a I really think they just want to make sure thing. poachers don't go crazy picking them and then, you know, eliminating these this beautiful wild species from their woodlands. Yeah. Unbelievable. I feel like I'd love to hear people, you know, I <clears throat> I've told you this story before where I uh uh, I had told a, a girl who was from Edmonton, from the west uh, western part of Canada. I told her that I uh, I bought some rhubarb and I was going to make this rhubarb tomato chutney, and she laughed at me, like held her belly laughing. She goes, "You bought rhubarb?" I go, "Why is that?" I don't. This is I'm going back twenty years now. I go, "Why is that funny?" And she said, "Rhubarb is a weed." My mother can't get rid of it fast enough. It's like a a predator in our garden. And it's like, you paid money for rhubarb. I was like, well, I'm not with your mother. So I don't know what to tell you. These are my options. Anyway, rhubarb uh, also, you know, relatively short season and and, um, uh, wild like the ramp. When you, you read about ramps, rhubarb comes up. So I just thought people can maybe grow them easily in their gardens as well. I might be wrong. It might take special climate to do that. But, uh, but I, yeah, I would not have thought it needed to be a protected species at all. Well, you know, in Quebec, for sure, there are such culinarians there, and they probably uh, really prize the uh, ramp and, you know, uh, rampantly pick it up. 
pardon the pun. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody wrote here that uh, online, they were saying, unfortunately for ramps, they're super trendy these days. So chefs, foodies, and other ramp lovers flock to the mountains by the thousands for a chance to bask in their gourmetness. Now that is what I call uh, overselling the ramp. I want to, let's, let's all manage our expectations here. They're great. They're nice. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I'm reading, but to flock in the thousands to go and get, I mean, this might be a I little think, bit. Uh, I think right. that's the problem because I'm reading here that ramps are considered a, a species of special concern for conservation in Maine, Rhode Island, and Tennessee. They are also considered commercially exploited in Tennessee. So if they are something that grows in the forest and they don't grow like a crop, they spring up here and there in a forest. So if you're constantly just grabbing, Picking them, picking them, picking them to use in commercial kitchens. Yeah, you're going to you're going to deplete your uh, crop of this wild species, and that's why they're considered a special concern. So please, if you are going to source ramps, make sure they're not being exploited in your part of the world. Otherwise, just substitute something that isn't. Is all I can say. But I love ramps. <laughs> I like the message followed by the, but I love ramps. And I'm going to have to look up where I bought them from. But I know based on Grow, Grather, and Clothe, it's very sort of sustainable in general. A lot of sure. this stuff are people who are, um, you know, sort of cultivating these things. And, you know, it's it's this, I don't think they're, well, I'm going to look it up. Who knows what yeah. the hell they're doing. Yeah, anyway, fair enough. If you get your hands on some ramps in the most legitimate way you possibly can, uh, I encourage you to uh, consider this pesto. Lasts for a couple of weeks. I encourage you to pickle the ramps as well, so you Yum. can, uh, as you're thinking about them in August and getting nostalgic for them, you can pull them out of your uh, your pantry or your cooler and uh, and have a couple and uh, and and very very simple, just in a in a pasta to toss sure. ramps in. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a, you can it was a even nice just thing. grill them, brush them with a bit of olive oil, yeah. grill them on the on the barbecue, and like just put those like charred grill marks on them, and it's a beautiful thing. Drizzle them with a bit of olive oil, finishing oil afterwards, salt, and the, and away you go. I just Isn't picked some nice? purslane by the by by my cottage, um, some wild purslane. Tell me about purslane, buddy. Tell me about this thing that I know nothing about. Okay, so purslane, I'll let you look it up so you know what it looks like. Okay, so uh, how do you spell this first thing? Uh, P-U-R-S-L-A-N-E, I believe, purslane. Uh, a- or purslane, maybe it's purslane. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Because I know it from my mother's dialect of Italian, where it's called sclopid. So we would be walking at the cottage. My mother said, that, that looks like sclopid. And I'm like, what is that? And she goes, it used to dr- it used to grow by the train tracks in Italy where, where we lived. So she picked it and showed it to my grandmother, her mother, and said, this is scopede, right? And she's like, yeah, that's scopede. So basically, it's this wonderful green. And my mother puts it in a risotto. And by the way, Marco, can I just yeah. tell you that uh, scopede, uh, if anybody has, is, is like, oh, that, that sounds uh, like a strange word, scopede. No, no, celebrate scopede because the other names for purslane are pigweed, little hogweed, fatweed, and pusley. Pusley. Good old pusley. pusley. A character oh, from God. the Adams family. So um, Scopede, getting back yeah. to Scopede. Scopede. So it grows in sandy soil, and the, hence that's why she would have found it by the train tracks where she grew up and why we're finding it near the beach uh, as we walk to the beach uh, in the cottage. And we pick it. We pick it ever so delicately so we're not pulling it by its roots so that it will return. And we've been picking it now for a good five to seven years, and it comes back every year in the same little spot. 
and we're always happy to see it. It's kind of the first sign of we're going from spring to summer and we put it in a risotto and it is out of this world. Mm. And did you know it plays a role in abnormal uteri- uterine bleeding? Oh, no, that's shit. No, no, not in creating it, in oh. helping it, in helping oh, okay. it. okay, okay. Yeah. No, no. It's, it has uh, got a source of omega-3 fa- fatty acids, high in vitamins and minerals, antioxidants, etc. So it's great. It's great. Um, I like this. Uh, somebody goes, uh, purslane is mostly eaten raw, but it can also be cooked for a change of pace. Okay. This person's uh, living on the edge here, huh? I, uh, I would love... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I would love it if you would be able to source some purslane, uh, Ali. Have you never had it before? Because I'd love to see what you would do with it. Well, I just found something that says purslane recipes, 45 things to do with fresh purslane. So there is no uh, shortage of ideas out there. And it seems like it's pretty malleable and flexible and you can do plenty of stuff with it. I'm going to look for it. I'm going to look for it. I, I got to figure out who to go to for this. You don't just walk into your average, uh, you know, superstore and go purslane. Hmm, aisle five. I So yeah. I got to figure out where to get this from in my neighborhood and we'll uh, I'll take a look. You okay, I'll leave highly of it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Before we go to the next section, because I have a concern now for ramps and for their exploitation, could you use another item like leeks in this pesto that you've made? What is a good substitute uh, if one doesn't have access to ramps and they want to make an alternative pesto to the Genovese basil pesto? Is there something that you can think of that would replace it? Like, you know, well, have you ever had garlic scapes? And garlic scapes would be the yeah, easiest right now. Can you make a garlic yes. scape pesto? I see no reason in this world. I typed in garlic scape and the first thing that came up is pesto. So the answer okay. is, of course, yes. And uh, and there's plenty of recipes for that as well. And that would be great. That would be that would be great and also very, very easy to make. And you know what? I think that's a fair question and a, and a nice suggestion because... Ramps are not readily available to everybody, not only outside of, you know, our little sort of eastern U.S. and, and, and Canada uh, bubble that we're living sure. in, um, but also because of a short time and, and, and little access to it. So, yeah, that's great. That's a great suggestion. I think scapes for- are more, much more readily available. And for those of you who don't know what scapes are, scapes are the rope-like growth that comes from the top of a garlic. So when garlics grow, um, they grow like this kind of coily little um, stem, rope stem. I don't know how to describe it. It looks like rope uh, that is very flavorful and goes great with egg dishes and would be a great pesto. Yeah, and, and that one I wouldn't add. Uh, garlic, because that is a garlicky enough. Uh, thank you very much. Right there, you go. Yeah. All right. All We're right. So stuff, you know buddy. what that you know what that means. I'm going to take one last swig of my elderflower spike because I know what's going to happen. What's in Marco's mouth? That's right. What's in Marco's mouth? It's nothing dirty. We'll guess it. We'll mess it. Let's find out. What's in Marco's mouth? All right, my blindfold is on, and I'm ready. All right, it's time, my friend. Uh, Amanda's in the booth. Amanda's in the booth. We have communicated. We're happy. 
She's very. Uh, she's wearing a very skimpy robe today. I don't. I don't approve of this uh, for this particular program. Oh, uh, right now she's not wearing any robe at all, Marco. Sorry to let you know. She's drinking your drink, and her robe is off. Anyway, you keep your you keep your blinders on. Okay, you can try that drink if you want, Amanda. All right. So, oh, I just heard something crack open. So that's quite really, a hint. Quite a, like, hint. quite a hint. It could be a something I'm going to be drinking. Will I be drinking this item? Oh, oh, she's ha- doesn't say a word. Hands me a, a, a container, a metallic container that is thin, almost like a Perrier container. Um, of okay, what are you doing? I'm trying. Leave me alone. I was trying to, so you don't drink. Oh, oh, she's trying to. Oh, uh, she's right. so loving today. That's why the thinly veiled robe is on. Um, Marco, what did it smell like? Anything before you tasted it? Oh, it tastes like fucking hell. What are you? <laughs> This tastes like I just put a cat's ass in my mouth. Okay. (laughs) How do you know what a cat's ass tastes like? Uh, Question A. Question B. What does it smell like? It smells like nutty. Okay. Can you put your mouth closer to the microphone as well? There's no. Sorry. Where's the mic? Okay. (laughs) It smells nutty and chocolatey. And what the fuck is this? I'm drinking something out of a can. Okay. Well, but what, since when is nutty and chocolatey a bad thing for you, buddy? What's but happening? As a here? liquid, I, it smells. <laughs> I don't know what it smells like. It smells like something you would bake with or that you would use in a in a cookie. Okay, it's it's not uh, coconut. Is it? Is it toasted coconut water? Could it be something like that? Could it be coconut water? But it doesn't taste like it tastes. It tastes more like water than it does. Uh, coconut water is the problem. It's something flavored. It's something that I would probably never buy. Is it peanut peanut drink? Is it? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say. Okay, this is gonna be my answer. One last drink. It's kind of gross. It's like watery, fucking diluted cat's ass. But I'm going to say that it is <laughs> chestnut water. Chestnut, chestnut water is what I'm going to say. I'm going to take my blindfold off. What is this? Matcha, a matcha latte. Oh, Canned matcha latte. He has given it to his bye, Amanda. Thank you. Uh, he has given it back to his wife in disgust, and he has sent her oh. away. Matcha Give her the latte. elderberry. Uh, give her. She's the trying it now. Orange. What do you She's think? Okay. She's trying it now. It's really good. It's it's citrusy. Yeah, it's nice. You should be doing what's in Marco's mouth if you got the citrus on it because it's just a little expressed lemon on top. It's Ooh, it's, it's good though. And it, I don't. I, it's got bourbon or what no is this? elderberry spike Canadian club or a Canadian whiskey, a little Saint Germain, Angostura bitters, and expressed lemon peel. This is really good. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really like. Whiskey, but I can tell that whiskey's in it, but I like it. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you don't like whiskey, add a little bit of elderflower. It's a very spring, summery kind of yeah. version of it. All right. Really Enjoy good. it. All right. all right. Enjoy it. All right. Well, top She's of the morning to uh, to all of you. Bye, Amanda. <laughs> uh, matcha green tea. You know, matcha normally uh, high in antioxidants, may protect the liver, boosts brain function, helps prevent cancer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, however, in a canned latte form. Probably doesn't do shit for you if I'm being well. Honest. Listen, it certainly didn't boost my brain function because no. I could not get that. I'm not the biggest fan of matcha, and no, I, I imagine you're not. I, I bought a ton of that powdered matcha from Costco, yeah. but yeah. I don't have that little whisker. Whisk. That you're to, you need a yeah. whisk. Yeah, I guess I should. 
Maybe I'll like it better if I froth that shit up. I don't know. Matcha doesn't do it for me. I know it has all these health properties, but certainly that version of it, oh, it was not good. No, there wasn't I enough co- coffee in it. If it's a lot, if you're calling that a latte, fuck off is what I'm going to say. And uh, when Amanda asked me out of three things, which one should we go for? I said matcha green latte. And the reason I said it was exactly for that moment <laughs> that just transpired right there where your your Italian purities and your Italian yeah. sensibilities were going to come out and you were going to say fuck off. So that's perfect, buddy. That was yeah. like right on cue as if it was scripted. Uh, I'm glad you hated it. Uh, chestnut water is hilarious. That's not a compliment to that matcha green latte. <laughs> chestnut water. I was excited because I heard the crack of the soda, like oh, the crack I of the can. So I was like, okay, this now we're in my world. I'm going to get this. No problem. It's a libation yeah. of some sort. How can I not get this? Yeah. Well, you and my wife conspir- conspiring together to get me uh, the most horrific things? Of course I'm not going to get it. <laughs> oh, man. What did I know about your experience with matcha? We're also struggling with our little canister. I've got to be honest with you. And I have the whisk. I have the whisk. Okay? It's still like... Uh, I'm never craving matcha. Like, I'm never, like, waking up, you know, it's a matcha kind of day. It's never a matcha day. You're always forcing it in yourself, like, twice a month. Yeah, you got to wind yourself down. So if you're like, okay, we're we're not going to have drinks tonight before we go to bed. Let's have a matcha latte. Let's do the ceremony of whisking the shit up. A frothy green drink that has Mm. that, those really... um, uh, grassy notes to it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not, it's just not my thing. Listen, I understand people would appreciate it. I understand that people make a lot of matcha uh, martinis. Oh, so really? not for me. Yeah. I've had matcha, matcha ice cream that I didn't mind, but even that okay. wasn't the greatest ice cream. It's also like, yeah, you kind of ruined a good vanilla here. You didn't yeah. ruin it, but it's not. Anyway, the point is it was in your mouth. You didn't get it and you hated nope. it. And yep. and I'm, I'm happy. And I think so are a lot of our listeners. To be quite honest. <laughs> Well, listen, I want to thank all our listeners. I want to thank you. If you have given us a review, continue to do so. Please review our our show. It's really helpful for us. And uh, I hope you have a great day. I hope so, too. We're at the end of uh, ramp season. You may not be able to find them, but as we said, garlic scapes would make a, a great uh, a, a great pesto. They'd be a great addition to uh, to even, you know, uh, sandwiches and and. Um, just you can you can pickle them as well. And uh, Marco, thanks for introducing us to your version of a version of a very nice uh, springtime feeling drink. Listen, I'll make you a rusty nail when you're in here. I'll make sure I have those things and we'll, we'll enjoy one. All right, brother. Until we eat and drink again. We hope you got your fill of eat and drink with Ali Hassan and Marco Timpano. Follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Eat Drink. Email them your cocktail and food suggestions to podcasteatdrink at gmail.com. Until the next episode, bottoms up. Bottoms up.